I'm smiling to myself as um, we sing the songs that we sung, hear what Pat had to say, and so I'm going to give this message, and then Pat's going to come back and say again what she said, and we're going to sing our songs again. (laughs) So we've had many prayers. Let me pray as well. Lord God, you said to call you Father. And so we come to you as Father today. Lord, some of us need just a crumb, just a word, just a phrase. Some of us need sentences. Some of us need a renewed assurance that you see us where we are, Lord. And so, Father, as as we look at your word, as we... More than that, we also listen to what you have to say to each one of us, Father. Show us your way, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I think I might read the last scripture to start out with, so you can keep that in mind as we go through this passage. Keep in mind the songs that you've sung Keep in mind the uh, word that Pat has given. So, um, our last verse today is Psalm 142. It's part of a psalm by David. Um, It's the one where he had the experience in the cave. He was hiding from King Saul, um, who was trying to kill him. David had had opportunity to kill King Saul because... David had been anointed by Samuel to be the king, um, but he refused to harm the king that was in place at the time. And so through that experience in the cave and all the other times that David had been a, a righteous man upholding and not wanting to kill a leader that was chosen at the time before him, he says this in three, I'm going to just read the first three verses. I cry out to the Lord, I plead with the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all of my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. When I am overwhelmed, you alone should know the way I am turned. Now, for the title of my message, A Complaint. So I, as I was thinking about this, I just remembered one of the exercises that Crosswave used to do, and they still may do. I don't know the debrief time. It was a, it was not the most popular time during Crosswave. Usually, m- most of the kids endured that so they could get to snack or play or whatever the next thing was. My son, unfortunately, he named it Debrief Dad. So. Um, but it was a time where we were trying to build and establish a, a habit in them of looking back at life, seeing what went well, what didn't go so well, to better live life forward. And so today's today's message is kind of that kind of message. Um, you know, I know for all of us, we've come through COVID. All of us have come through other things. Um, are we going through things right now? And so... Uh, I'm hoping that today's verse is kind of a launching verse for you to 
take home and meditate on as God would have you meditate on it to see how is the better way for us to live life forward Uh, and it's this Um, if you have run with footmen and they have tired you out then how will you compete with horses if you fall down in the land of peace how will you do in the thicket of the Jordan you're smiling Greg stated that another way um, it says if racing against mere men makes you tired how do you race against horses if you stumble and fall on open ground what will you do in the thickets of the Jordan so who spoke these words to who was it one man to another was it a king to a, a man was it a prophet to a man no, these words were spoken by God to a prophet. Um, I'm going to read the backstory for this so we get an idea of Jeremiah's complaint. Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. So let me bring you a complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? You have planted them and they have taken root and prospered. Your name is on their lips, but you are far from their hearts. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You see me and test my thoughts. Drag these people away like sheep to be butchered. Set them aside to be slaughtered. How long must this land mourn? Even the grass in the fields has withered. The wild animals and birds have disappeared because of the evil in the land. For this people have said, moreover the people are saying, the Lord doesn't see what's ahead for us. He will not see what happens to us. You know, I read this and um, have given a lot of thought to it, have been trying a lot more than usual to understand the world situation, the situation in our nation. And as as Bill said earlier, it's it's not understandable right now with human eyes. You have to have the eyes of the Lord to see his purpose and his plan. I wish I could stand up here and give a message on that, but uh, I certainly can at this point. Um, Jeremiah was no slouchy prophet. When Jesus asked, who do the people say I am? Jeremiah was one of the people that was listed. So um, he was renowned. uh, He was renowned even in the conquering Babylonians. They said, where is Jeremiah? They wanted to see him and know know where he was. Not to harm him, because he was a respected person even in other lands, even though later on he prophesied against them. But he had been faithful. You know, he he was called. um, He had done everything God had asked him to do. Some things not so pleasant. He had said everything God asked him to say. Some things not so pleasant. And as a result of that, um, all the elites and the people of the of the nation 
disregarded him and, and didn't want to listen to anything he had to say. And, you know, he said, these people, they're evil, but yet I see them prospering, and it's, it's hurting the land and everything in it. And so, I, one thing as I looked at this thing, I said, you know, this is not really a, a rebuke. You know, it's it, he's really not angry at Jeremiah. How, how could he be angry at somebody? I, I have, I have mine. How can I, how could he be angry at somebody that's been obedient to everything he's asked him to do? He doesn't withdraw from him when he registers this complaint. Um, he continues to engage him, and what he does is he offers Jeremiah a new perspective. Um, he basically tells him, if any of you remember uh, Randy's message from a while back, Jeremiah, you just need to buck up. I mean, things may get tougher. If you're going to walk with me, uh, things may get more difficult. Um, you know, I <laughs> this message, th this verse really s spoke to me because I remember I was in high school, when I was in high school, I was very successful in high school and in, in, in academics and, and the social part of high school. But I remember I came out of church one day and I, I made this complaint. Of, I can't even remember if it was something to do with church or something to do with school. But one of the older ladies said, oh, so you're a griper. I'm like, it's just one time I said something. Well, next the next Sunday... I come out, you know, shake the pastor's hand, go out on this. We had this big porch where everybody could kind of gather. And she saw me, she said, there's the griper. I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> Second week, third week. And this got really bad. I mean, so bad <laughs> that I would come out and try to hide from her so I could get down the steps. Two years this went on. Never was I ever addressed any other way than the griper. Thank goodness I went away to college. <laughs> I came back to church occasionally, but not a lot after college. But a, a while back when my mom and dad were older, I came to college and there she was, Miss Hearn. She was older and just kind of drooped over. And I thought, okay. So I went up to her and I put my arm around her and said, how are you doing? She looked up at me and she said, you're one of Albert's boys, aren't you? I said, I am. I just smiled to myself. I had lost that title after all that time. Or she, <laughs> she had forgotten it or maybe I had even forgiven her. I don't know what it was, but there was something about griping, complaining that uh, stuck with me after labeled that for two years, you know. So uh, and so, I've considered these things that I've walked through, especially like COVID. Um, the thing I walked through with Jeff Nadsack, for those that you that remember, other other difficult things. I thought, you know, what what is, what does complaining look like? I mean, so um, what I what I decided. Well, let me let me just look at complaining. And so what I found out, it's usually passive. It's not hopeful. It wants yes people around them that will agree with them. 
They want, th they want them to participate and agree with everything you're saying. They want to support your views. And you know, um, sometimes we do this with other people. We gather these yes people that, I know, I know, I feel the same way. And sometimes we even appeal to God and try to do the same thing with God and get him on our side for whatever the issue is. <laughs> you know, I thought, okay, maybe... Maybe I haven't been complaining. Maybe I've just been venting. So I, so I'll research venting. Maybe that's maybe that's really what I've been doing. And so what I find out with venting is that it usually follows an internal struggle or an issue, and you're searching for a meaning and a resolution. When you're venting, you actually don't want any participation. You just want to unload. You want a listener who will fully share your thoughts and the feeling without interruption. I thought, okay, well, maybe I've kind of been venting instead of... But, you know, I, I, I continued on. I thought... And then I read, is there an easy way to, to figure out whether you're complaining or venting? This thing said, if you find yourself venting every day or every time you see a, this, a person, you're not venting at all. You're complaining. So, so um, I thought, okay, how do you how do you recognize that, and how do you get out of that? And so I, I thought, okay, I'm gonna look at ways to get out of this. And w one of the ways is because complaining is passive. One of the ways is get up and do something. You don't even have to do anything about what you're complaining about. Just get up and get active. Uh, secondly, um, is address address the issue. I mean, if it's something that you can do something about, you know, if you're complaining about another person or group or an, or an experience that happened that you need to, to address, go address the person. But like Jeremiah, some of them are kind of big, aren't they? Like the world problem the U.S. politics, you start naming these things, it's like, what can I do about that, you know? And so those are, th those are matters of prayer. And like Pat is saying, prevailing prayer, prayer that presses through, prayer that's believing, not hoping, but believing, because God is a God that can do something about that. And you have to believe if, if it's unrighteous and evil, God is going to do something about it. He by no means leaves the guilty unpunished. That's what his word says about him. But we also have to believe it's going to be um, in his purpose. His answer is going to accord with who he is and the hardest one. It's going to be in his time. It's going to be in his time. But we have to give it back to him. And um, I told Randy, I went over to see him this past week. I said, Randy, I should have spoke before you because we need to laugh. And that is just laughing, whether it's about this particular issue or something else, um, changes your perspective. If nothing else, you feel better. So um, laugh. We, I don't know. How many of y'all took last week's message to heart? How many times have you laughed this week? There you go. 
good. If not, laugh real quick, and then you can raise your hand, you see. But anyway, so as, as I, I looked at this thing, uh, trying to get better at this for myself, I wrote down, I wrote down five things that you could remember. Um, there's probably more, there's probably less. I don't know, Pat, probably get up and do a better job of this than me. But there are things you need to remember and remember that word is continual. It means recalling and keep recalling whatever it is you need to remember. And the five things I wrote down were this. Um, remember who you are and what your destiny is. You know, we all have goals. If we can get to here, or if we can get to there, if I can make it through this, the goal is Jesus. That's our goal. And God has made a way for that to happen. So, first of all, who, who are we? You're a son and a daughter of Father, the Most High God. Now, you can, you can spend days thinking about that. It's like you were saying, it has to get in you. I'm a son or a daughter of the Most High God. He's chosen me. Now, that rolls out of your mouth really hard, but when things are hard, sometimes you don't remember that. It's like, well, if you were a dad, uh, wouldn't you be doing something about this? You know, but he loves us. And we have to remember who we are. He has called us, and he's faithful to bring it to pass. He may not be doing it like you want him to do. You have plans. You make plans. But he is sovereign, and he directs your steps. And you have to trust that. Things don't go quite like you thought it would. God has it in you in a place for a purpose. You know, it just may be not the job you were supposed to have, you're in, you're in a place because you disobeyed in some way, and he allows that to bring you into a place of understanding and renewal with him. And remember, he is the God that is faithful. It says, the, thing, the good thing that he's begun, he will see it to pass until the day we see Christ. And we have to hold on to those kind of things about who we are. Even when we're in the worst place of, of pain, when the worst place of disappointment, um, when, our, when our hope uh, is failing. That's why these songs we sang today were just great songs for us to remember. We should mark them. We all should take that home and read those words this week until it's just a part of us. You know, it's so easy I, when these songs that we know from our teenage years come on, and we can just, well, we know the words of those things just like this. Do you know the words of these songs we just sung? Not without a thing. I don't even think I would know them with the tune. So um, those are things that we need to work on, you know, to remember who we are and what our destiny is. The second thing is to remember who God is and his part in that destiny. Oh, wow, I wonder how much he, much part of it he's playing in that. Um, first of all, he's the ruler and the king of all of creation. These, these galaxies that are out there that we don't even know about. It doesn't say he'll never leave you 
unless uh, there's a there's a problem over in that galaxy. It says he'll never leave you. So remember who he is. And remember that he has made a way through Jesus Christ to bring reconciliation and peace. More than just peace, he's br to bring us shalom, which I'll let you look up that word. It means way more than peace. And that's what, you know, our hearts as the leaders of this fellowship is, is shalom for every one of us. Even when you're walking in through a hard place, we want you to have that whole well-being that he offers through Christ. Um, and that he is faithful and he cannot deny himself. He, he's faithful even when we're not. He, he has made a covenant and he never breaks his covenant. And I think these are things that we forget when we're in that hard place. I don't know about you, but when I'm hurting, all my attention is focused on me and that hurt. It is very, very hard to get out of that place, you know, and think about God or any of these things that I'm saying. And you almost have to train yourself that this is the default that you go to. You know, it's your, it's your subconscious. So we remember who we are and our destiny. We remember who he is, the fact that he is in control of that destiny. Um, and third, that we remember his promises. Now, there are tons of those in there. I just wrote down two or three here. The first I've already said, he will never leave you or forsake you. You know, that is something that we have to get in our subconscious. That thing has to, to be so much in you that no matter what's happening, you know his eyes are upon you. You know his eyes are upon you. Secondly, it says the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Second Thessalonians 3.3 3. He is faithful. He will establish you and he will guard you from the evil one. Even if it doesn't feel like it sometimes, you're just being attacked in ways that you would never imagine. You've got to know that he is guarding you from the evil one having complete domination and control over you. And then, if God is for us, you can finish that one for me. Who can be against us? I don't care if it's the highest person in the land. Who can be against us? Who can really stand against us? And no matter, even if we have to go through things we can imagine that the highest person in the land could put you through. In the end, when both stand before the Lord, which one? Which one is he going to be for? He's going to be for you. You stand as tall and as big and as confident as the other guy that's fearful he's up there. So remember who you are. In your destiny, remember that God has total control of that and who God is. Remember his promises. And remember the power that you do have. If you can say, I'm powerless against something, in some ways you are, but we're never powerless because he's given us prayer. He's given us, <laughs> he's given us a right to walk with confidence into the throne room of God. 
That's a powerful place to be. If we'll take advantage of it, right, Pat? If we'll take advantage of it, just individually and as a, and as a church. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not all things. All the things that he's purposed for you to do. Not the things you think up, but the things he's, the things that he has for you to do. You can do those things through Christ because he strengthens you for it. And the one that I like is this. He has made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. What are we all called to? We're all called to, to be ambassadors. So, the word says that we are competent or adequate, whichever word you want to use, to do that. Well, I can't do that. You tell the crossway kids, well, I can't stand up there and do that. You're adequate. I remember we went to the one at, uh, at um, where was it? Something for Jesus. March for Jesus. March for, thank you. March for Jesus. Um, and I can't remember the, the boy that got up there. He was the kind of the evil guy. He's the one that gave the call at the time. And it was full of zeal with a little bit of knowledge. But it was full of zeal. And the knowledge will grow. It was adequate for the situation. You know, I just smiled to myself. You know, that guy, if he'll hang on to that zeal, he's going to be something else. He's going to be something else. So he's made us adequate to be servants of that covenant. And lastly, <laughs> after saying all that about these things we, re we remembered, remember that it's okay to complain. Because <laughs> you will. <laughs> Even to God. You know, he's not threatened by your complaint. You know, he's only seen probably 10 billion people do the same thing. So, your new complaint, you're not going to be standing on any higher ground than anybody else has before the Lord for your complaint. So, he understands that we're, we're just dust. We're just flesh. So, uh, it doesn't give us a right to it. Doesn't say I have a free pass anytime I want to. We we find ourselves sometimes we just start into a prayer and it just turns into a complaint. Okay. You know, this is this is just one verse out of seventy-three verses about complaint and complaining in, in the old and the new testament. So I I just wanted to kind of give a thumbnail look at one type of complaint. Um Complaining is one of those things where um, it largely depends on to whom you're complaining and about what you're complaining that brings up whether it's an issue with God or not. You know, God had issue with the Israelites in the wilderness as they complained to him because he really had given them adequate provision he had shown them miracle after miracle, and they still didn't trust him. So, we have to kind of look at what the Bible had to say about the whole counsel of God about complaining. 
So depending on what the issue is, depending on who you're complaining to, um, because as I look at the Bible, almost every prophet had a complaint somewhere in there. So if a prophet can, that's way more obedient than me, I guess every now and then um, I can fall into that place. But this message is is really just a short message to say, okay, Lord, help me be aware of this. Let me know when, um, you know, when it's when it's pleasing to you, when it's not pleasing to you, uh, and when I when it's when I when it's when I'm complaining and it's something that I can do about it, um, to to buck up and do what you need to do. So. I just want to leave us with this verse. This has been a short message um, so we can have time to laugh and sing these songs again. The Psalm of David, 142. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before Him and tell Him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. When I am overwhelmed, you, O Lord, know the way I should turn. Father, we just thank you for your great patience with us. Lord, that you are the disciple of disciples through your Holy Spirit. And we we just ask, Father, that um, give us wisdom and understanding, Lord, that we would know the thing to do at the right time. Father, just ask your blessing upon us as we walk through these times. And Lord, let us let, let us understand that you're just preparing us for whatever's the next thing, whether it's a blessing or something difficult, again, to walk through. And so we just look to you, Father, for your guiding hand, for your love and a love that develops us to be more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.